Welcome to the Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland podcast. I'm Dan Paletta. Thanks for being with us. Perhaps no team in the NBA was a bigger surprise last season than the Cleveland Cavaliers, who far exceeded what was expected of them. As the team hits the road for its opening game of the season versus the Toronto Raptors on Wednesday, we're glad to be joined by Crane Sports Business reporter Joe Scalzo to help us preview the season. Joe, thanks for being with us today. Hey, thanks for having me on, Dan. Joe, as we look back at last year, the Cavs came out of the gate fast, and they played pretty well until the end of the year. Then they kind of struggled with a little bit of a losing streak, and then they lost those two play-in games. Did they hit the wall like a lot of young teams do, or was this more a question of injuries? I think it was more a question of injuries. I think they just ran out of ball handlers, not named Darius Garland. And, and uh, yeah, I think there was just a little bit too much on his plate. Yeah, you, you know, I think over the course of the year, they were legitimately – a playoff team, even if they didn't quite make it into the playoffs. And, and I just think, you know, just kind of ran out of depth a little bit at the end of last year. But I think they're they're obviously, you know, coming into the season with a lot of optimism. How are they coming into the season health-wise? Everything looks good, you know. Uh, and Evan Mobley was a little bit banged up. But, you know, I think, you know, they're obviously a young team. Um, Ricky Rubio won't be available. Uh, you know, he's the guy who tore ACL last December. He won't be available until – probably 2023 early uh, and it'll take a little while to get him back. But I, I think they're coming in feeling like they're in a pretty good spot. And, and uh, you know, I, I, you know, again, this is a team that is on paper as exciting as, as, as they've had not having LeBron James on there since like the early nineties. So if you look at the non LeBron James category of Cavs teams, this has got to be the best they've had in a long, long time. Certainly the biggest news of offseason was acquiring the all-star guard Donovan Mitchell from the Utah Jazz. What did the Cavs have to give up to get him? Uh, They gave up, you know, about (laughs) five first-round picks, either between just giving them up or pick swaps. Um, And, you know, they they had to give up some good players. Lori Markkinen was one of them. Uh, Colin Sexton uh, was another one who ended up signing an extension with Utah. So, you know, there's some decent players, but th- this is a move that if you're a small market team like the Cavs, um, you have to jump on something like this when it's available. And it's all predicated on, on Evan Mobley can kind of continuing to, to take a jump. But, you know, they gave up a lot, but this is the type of price that it costs, especially for a, you know, a, a small market team like the Cavs, to, you know, to make a push. Um, you're just not going to sign a, a Donovan Mitchell as a free agent. So you have to kind of give something up. And, and uh, I think most people feel like it, at least right now, that cost was worth it. I think what I've read and heard people say is that this is really a sign that the Cavs really do think they can make a serious run into the playoffs by making this move. Yeah. And I mean, you know, really they were on track to make the playoffs last year until, you know, as you mentioned, some injuries. Um, I think most places have them winning between 45 and 47 games. Um, I think the over-under in Vegas is 47.5. So if you win 47, you're probably finishing fifth or sixth in the East and, you know, you're in the playoffs. So um, I think that's what they're looking at. And that's only a couple of, you know, more games than they won last year. And, um, you know, adding Donovan Mitchell and having guys, uh, healthy for the full year, like Evan Mobley and, you know, Garrett Scarlin that missed some games as well. And and getting Ricky Rubio back, I think there's a sense that this this is the year to make that jump in the playoffs, maybe win a first round um, series and then um, kind of get your feet wet for what's to come over the next few years. I think in watching the Cavs last year, I thought that their strength was really their defense. And while they were okay on offense, there were some times where they were challenged. How much will Donovan mm-hmm. Mitchell help on that end? I mean, he'll help a lot. Um, 
you know, they lose Laurie Markkinen, who was kind of their third twin tower guy. I don't know if you can't, maybe trio <laughs> towers. Uh, so maybe you take a little bit of a hit in that sense, but you know, you got a guy that can score 20 points a game, every game. And um, it takes a lot of pressure off of, of Darius Garland to be that sole 20 point a game score every day. Um, and uh, just kind of makes, you know, makes them a lot more exciting. I think we're not having to like scratch and claw and like have some like Mike Fratello level wins, you know, and, and, and again, I don't think they lose too much defensively. Donovan Mitchell isn't a great defender, but you still have Evan Mobley and Jared Allen back there kind of cleaning things up. And, um, you know, some other guys like, you know, Isaac Okoro, hopefully he takes another step forward. So, yeah, you, you know, I think on paper again, once they figure out, you know, some spacing and how to share the ball and um, th- th- there's a chance that this is going to be a really, really fun team offensively and not just defensively. We obviously know who the stars of the team are, but how about Isaac Okoro? Is he, in some respects, a key to the team? He really heated up in the second half of the year in terms of his scoring. If he can take that step forward, does he add that next extra dimension that they really need? Yeah, you know, it's funny because Cleveland.com had a nice story, uh, I think it was today, about um, just how much he's done to, to improve his jump shot. And there's all this data and, like, you know, sophisticated stuff they do just to kind of get his arc on his shot to 45 degrees. And it's amazing how sophisticated it is. But, yeah, I think when you look at in-house solutions to their small forward spot, and that's the one weak spot on this team, and it also happens to be the most important position in the NBA, unfortunately, but – um, he, he's the clear guy that you say, okay, if he can take a jump in his, you know, his third season and, and be that guy who may, maybe isn't even like a lead scorer or anything, but can give you 10 or 12 points a game consistently and knock down open threes and defend. That's what takes this team to that next level where you're saying, okay, maybe they can, you know, maybe not win a championship this year or anything, but make, you know, win a playoff series, maybe two and, and do some damage. Um, and, and yeah, you know, Karis LeVert is, is another guy that they picked up last year, didn't really fit. And I think there's a lot of uh, optimism that he'll be better this year. But I, I think Isaac Okoro is the one guy, you know, you look at his talent and the fact that he, he hasn't really peaked yet because he's still so young. He, he's the one I think a lot of people will look at in the first 10, 20 games and see how much better he's gotten since last year. We're talking with Joe Scalzo. He's Crane's sports business reporter. As we look ahead to the Cavaliers and their opening game of the season Wednesday night as they head to Toronto to face the Raptors. Joe joins us today for the Landscape, a Crane's Cleveland podcast. I'm Dan Paletta. Joe, what about our bench strength for this year, the Cavs bench strength? Do you think it's pretty good? Yeah, you, you know, obviously um, Kevin Love is back, and he's a guy that finished second in the you know NBA for, for sixth man of the year. Um, you know, so he gives you some depth. Jetty Osman is a guy that, like <laughs> – Sometimes he frustrates you, but he gives you a good game or two every month that like helps you, you know, win. And you know, Dean Wade is a guy that got an extension um, in the off season, and you know, he's a really talented player. He's he's a guy that um, I think a lot of people um, felt like last year when he had good games, they were really tough to beat. And uh, he's a little bit of an X factor too. And you know, they picked up guys like Robin Lopez, who's a good you know backup center, locker room guy, and. You know, so so there's some there's some interesting pieces there. I mean, most really good teams only go eight or nine deep. Um, if we if we want to go deeper than that, I mean, Dylan Windler's a guy that I think he's been everybody's been waking him to break out. And I think once he's 40 years old, people will be like, well, if he just stays healthy, you know, <laughs> maybe this will be the year. But um, yeah, there's some interesting pieces. I just think they're a really fun, interesting team, and it's so funny because 
you know, we're like basically two years removed from saying like, oh, I wonder if, you know, Colin Sexton and Andre Drummond can, can be the guys. And, right. and now you're, you know, you're looking and just last year just totally um, rearranged their, you know, their growth and their, you know, their potential. And, and it's, you know, I think it's just, you know, one of those seasons where sometimes when you're just on the cusp is like the best part of it because your expectations are just, you're hoping to be a contender and, uh, you know, so everything's kind of still in front of them. I mean, it's interesting. You think of a player like Evan Mobley. I mean, over the years, let's face it, the Cavs have had some real duds as the, you know, major picks in the first mm-hmm. round. And when you watch the kid in college, you're like, oh my, you know, he was so good. But you think, oh, I hope it's not going to be one of those flash in the pan things. And he's just been so tremendous, even with the injuries he's battled through. Yeah. I, you know, and it's just like, there just aren't that many seven foot players that can move like he, he can. And, you know, and just his instincts defensively, the amount of ground he can cover, the type of, you know, he's basically switch on anybody. Um, and so you think, okay, if he can, he can consistently um, score maybe 15, 18 a game, you know, that you're looking at a perennial all-star and, you know, I, I think a lot of people felt like he probably should have won rookie of the year last year, though Scotty Barnes from the Raptors did, and it was a really close vote, but um, boy, just, just such a home run pick and, and the two guys picked ahead of him. I mean, Kate Cunningham is, is going to be really good. I think for the Pistons, Jalen green is super talented for the Rockets, uh, but he still needs to figure some things out. But I mean, just <laughs> some lottery luck. And, and the fact that, you know, the other two teams passed on him and it's just, that's what you need some good fortune. And now you have a cornerstone guy, presumably for the next, you know, 10 or 12 years or longer. Certainly you have to get past the Milwaukee Bucks, who are some of the other powers in the central division. Um, I mean, they're in the central division. It's, it's, that was the team, you know, and I think there's a sense that, okay, last year they, they couldn't repeat because they had injuries specifically to Chris Middleton, but it's so funny. Cause like <laughs> my immediate thought was like, Oh yeah. Uh, they're in a conference rather I, everything in the NBA, you look sort of as like a league wide or, you know, conference wide. And then you have like this division and you're like, Oh yeah, who else is in there? Oh, the bulls are <laughs> the pistons, the pacers, and I think, you know, probably for the AL, or, or I'm sorry, the NBA uh, Eastern Central Division, it's going to probably come down to the Cavs and Bucks. You know, the Bulls are another one of those teams that, like, be a playoff team, but they're kind of stuck in the middle. They, they're they not good enough to, to really challenge, and they're not bad enough to really tank their way uh, out of it. And so um, they're in a bad spot, I think, when you know, most people look at them, like, of, of, of you know, where you want to be in the NBA. You either want to be someone who stinks out loud or someone who's in championship contention and, and they're in the middle, but that'll be an interesting team. I think uh, when you look at the, uh, you know, the central, the Pistons in the, in the, are probably a year away from making that jump. And the Pacers are just lying to themselves right now about the fact that they can contend. They, they really need to like trade their players and bottom out. And I think that's probably coming. We talk about this being a young team and bringing in Donovan Mitchell. One of the reasons you have to deal with this is the Cavs are a small market team and they have a salary cap situation. What's that like for them this year? Yeah, you, you know, it's so funny because the NBA salary cap is kind of like the speed limit where everybody goes over for the most part, <laughs> um, just how fast you go over it. Um, and the big thing is luxury tax. You, you don't want to be in oh, well, the luxury tax. and You don't want to do it multiple years in a row because that's when you really start having to pay. Now, with, with um, Dan Gilbert, you have some resources financially that, that most teams in the NBA don't. I think he's one of the two or three richest owners in, in the league. But they're, you know, the keep stat is they're about two and a half million dollars below this year's luxury tax level. 
Um, and so they don't have to worry about being, you know, a luxury tax team unless they take on somebody, which they certainly could. Uh, but they don't have to worry about that till maybe next year or the year after. And then, you know, looking at ahead, you know, Kevin Love and, and Karis Levert's deals come off the books next year. And so they're projected to be about $38 million below that tax line. And so um, they're set up pretty well over the next two years. And then you just assume eventually that Dan Gilbert's going to have to pay some some serious luxury tax penalties, which he doesn't seem to care. Um, and I don't know that I would either if I was worth what he is. So, um, But it's interesting, yeah, just in terms of team building, you're a little bit you know, kind of backed into a corner and um, them trading those five first round picks limits their flexibility a little bit moving forward. But the fact that he's willing to take on money um, gives them some, some luxuries that some other small market teams don't have. You know, it's funny, Dan, this is one little side note. I interviewed Brian Windhorst, a Cleveland native who works for ESPN and you know, he mentioned the fact that the Cavs have more resources than the Lakers do, and that's just unheard of <laughs> in North American pro sports. So <laughs> when you look at assets that this team has, Dan Gilbert's wallet and his willingness to spend is, is one you can never really overlook. Yeah, that's sometimes been a draw, uh, something that's held Cleveland teams back, just the, not, not having the money to, to be able to get the players. So hopefully this will uh, not be a problem. Of course, we go, yeah. to the, we go to the games to watch the players, but it's also cool what's going on, what's new these days at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. Anything we should expect that will be different or exciting this year? Yeah, I think um, the biggest thing is that you can you can potentially give Dan Gilbert even more of your money starting <laughs> January 1st. <laughs> uh, sports gambling becomes legal on January 1st, and the, and the Cavs are planning a, a pretty nice um, sports book inside Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, and and uh, I, I haven't seen anything other than just some some small renditions of it. But, uh, you know, knowing Dan and the Cavs, it's going to be first class. That's, that's the only way they do things like that. And, um, and then the other the other thing you'll notice is, as you go in there is um, Great Lakes Brewery is taking over a spot sort of near the, the progressive field side. And they're doing in the Saucy Brew Works uh, was previously there. And, and so... If you like Great Lakes Brew, or if you want to drink some Christmas ale uh, coming up this this winter, you'll have an opportunity to do that there. And you know, those are two two big things that I know of. So that's that's another thing about this team. They're always looking to, okay, what's next? What's on the cusp? What can we do to make this more fan friendly? Because as you know, as we go on, the expectation for arenas is that you're going to do more than just sit there and watch a basketball game. And, and so I think they've got some fun stuff, and, and uh, those two certainly stand out for this year. Finally, for those folks who aren't able to go to the games, what's the situation in terms of being able to watch them on television this year? Yeah, this is exciting. Um, you know, the, they, Valley Sports Plus is going to offer a streaming option, and I've written about this a few times. It's, it's already started. It's $20 a month, or you can pay $190 for the year, although um, I, I don't know that that many people will take advantage of that until, if and until Valley Sports announces uh, if they'll have Guardians games next summer. But for now, like, yeah, if you're a, a cord cutter, if you don't have cable, if you don't have satellite, you can, you can just subscribe. They have all the games on. And, uh, you know, I've seen some people balk at a $20 a month charge, but, you know, my kind of feeling is, if you go to a game, you're spending 20 bucks on parking. Probably you're probably spending, right. You know, over a hundred dollars for, for two tickets. So I, I guess I, my, my feeling is don't compare it to Netflix or HBO max, compare it to what you would spend 
on your cable bill or what you would spend to go to a game. And if you look at it that way, it's, it's pretty good value. I don't, I don't, I don't want to be accused of carrying water for Valley sports or anything, but <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I think $20 uh, is just fine. You end up, I don't know how you feel done. you feel differently, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I, in some respects, I think, you know, it's a shame that you have to do this now, but this is the way it works. It, it's not free TV anymore. Like it used to be where they just put them on channel 43 and that's where you watch. The <laughs> ads or you know, if you want to watch games, you're gonna, it's, it's just the new market, the new method of way to do it. Yeah. And, and again, <laughs> you don't have to do it. You can still like go cable route. You can still go the sports bar route. You can go the satellite route. This is just one more option. And I think people have been clamoring for it. And the only complaint really is, Oh, it should be ten dollars or instead of twenty, but <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, over the course of a month, we can probably dig out another ten dollars uh, from our budgets if it's important. So, if it's something you want to see, exactly. Well, yeah. Joe, thanks. This is—I mean, it's always fun. It's always better when we're talking about a forty-seven win season and a run to the playoffs as opposed to <laughs> wow. I hope we can get the first round pick. You know, the first pick in the draft. Or yeah, Dan. The last time we talked, I think it was about the Browns, and I'm glad to not be talking about them right now. So yeah, I'm, well, I'm, we're not going to mention my prediction of six and three or whatever I said while we were. <laughs> <That's>, wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, even the most pessimistic of us uh, probably didn't see w- what's happened over the last six games. So yeah, I just, I mean, and I, we're not going to switch subjects, and we're going to wrap this up. But the lackadaisical <laughs> effort yesterday, it's like, yo, what are you even trying? You guys got it. <laughs> it just didn't yeah. look like they were trying that hard, and I know it's. it's easy to sit from my den. I, I could, I've won every game. so I. <laughs> but anyway, hopefully the Cavs will give us a good show this year. Joe Scalzo, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Joe Scalzo is our sports business reporter for Cranes Cleveland. He writes about the Cavaliers and all kinds of sports and the business of sports. You can read his work at cranescleveland.com. I'm Dan Paletta. Thank you for joining us for The Landscape, and we'll talk again soon. 